Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 74th edition of Birds All Day, talking all about your first place, Toronto Blue Jays. My name is uh, is Drew Fairservice, and joining me, uh, as always, uh, old reliable, old reliable, reliably in the coerces. Stoughton, <laughs> how are you? That's right. I am not unwell, as uh, as Mike Wilner would, I believe, say. Uh, and I am, yeah, I'm not in the same room as you for the first time, I think, doing one of these. We did these, you know, in the old, you know, the old years when we had professional sound engineers who could uh, figure out how to do this shit. So <laughs> I think I can hack this together well enough. But, we are. But yeah, doing it remotely. We are uh, winging it, as yeah. as always. It's, a, it's kind of the style of, uh, of Birds All Day, yeah. I think it is the style to which... Uh, Many of our listeners have, have grown uh, grown to love, to which they have grown accustomed. Uh, just mm-hmm. like all of the, the listeners and everyone who has forever supported Birds All Day, uh, we are forever grateful for everyone who has headed over to our Patreon campaign. Of course, at patreon.com slash birdsallday to, uh, to kick us a couple bucks a month to keep us going, keep us honest, and keep us in this uh, glorious technology, frankly, that allows us to be so far apart and yet here united. Uh, as we begin this 74th edition of Birds All Day. So, again, everyone who's donated, who's who's come out to the live show, who's said anything nice to us, who, you know, emailed us, whatever it is, uh, thank you to everybody. And if you would like to join them, uh, don't let me deter you. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, heroes. And, uh, yeah, great thanks to all the supporters. Uh, uh, and, yeah, go for it. Knock yourself out. We, we, we love it. We love it when you give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Just love it to pieces. You can also, really do. You can also uh, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, uh, where you can also drop, drop us a review or a rating, which helps us out apparently as it keeps us, uh, you know, top of mind for people who start searching. Searching. I'm doing the typing motion now that no one can see, not even you. Uh, I can't. Yeah, no idea. Uh, but yeah, so you could give us a rating or a review, and that helps us out. And uh, we are available. There's an RSS feed that can get us into any of your pod. Uh, catcher of choice, as we always say. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I was just going to say, uh, especially important to review and to rate, uh, because we got that dumb explicit tag, that fucking explicit tag, uh, which makes it, you know, even harder for people to find us. Well, I think you could say one thing about our explicit tag is that we earned it. We definitely earned it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Unfortunately, this you know this these most technological of episodes of Birds All Day was also the shortest one ever, because you see the Blue Jays are very good, and there's nothing really to say about them. They're in first place. Uh, it's a, we're just in cruise control mode right now. So, we're not going to talk about the the Votto trade. Though. No, we are actually. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> where we are right now. We are yeah. in fact going to talk about the Votto trade. I will talk about some of the other stuff that's going around. Obviously, this the six. Starters uh, continues to be a topic of discussion. It, it continues to be something that people are uh, going to talk about and wonder about. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things to discuss. The, oh, oh my God, I almost forgot the biggest news story of them all that John Gibbons and Josh Dalton hate each other. Oh, right, yeah. So yeah. we can talk about that for hours, I think. It's been huge, huge story. Before I remembered that that thing happened, this was going to be the shortest. Now it will be the longest episode of Birds All Day in history. So we'll talk about 
all that, and so much more in this edition of Birds All Day. All right, so as we said before, this is going to be the shortest podcast ever because there's nothing to talk about. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, the Blue Jays, they're very good, as we said um, uh, as we said before, which is um, it's fun. I mean, they're not, maybe they're not as, as good in the ways they were last year, but they still win, right? They, they sure do, yeah. No, the, but you're right. They're not good in the ways that they were last year, and the, they're not curb stomping everybody. Every single damn night, like they were last year, uh, which is weird because it's a pretty similar team. I mean, Batista's hurt. Mm-hmm. There are obviously some, some changes, but man, like last year, you know, you're missing Tula for a bunch of this part because he was uh, he was injured, or maybe he was healthy at this time. But uh, but you know, he got hurt and saw, saw a lot of Ryan Goins, saw a lot of uh, you know Kevin Pillar was just having a better year last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Michael Saunders is here now. Like they have a real left fielder, uh, the least clutch player in baseball. Interesting. Well, you uh, it, that, that comment references a uh, Fangraphs post by Jeff Sullivan uh, this week that, that noticed how poorly Michael Saunders has performed in high leverage situations, um, such that he may or may not be killing the Blue Jays when it counts. Yeah, but uh, I feel that that I mean I feel that that overlooks you know some things he probably did like what. Like the first, you know, a first inning home run isn't a home run in a in a you know low in a high leverage situation. Yet it is still uh, a rather helpful occurrence. Uh, runs or runs, uh, you, know, you know what I mean. Runs yeah. or runs, you know, points of you know production is production. To turn your nose up at it because it doesn't occur at the time that you would like for it to, you, you can't do that. It, you know, t- we have had this discussion a million times, especially with you know the retirement of David Ortiz. Now there's so much talk about collection. They're absolutely, you know, you see Wilner say this all the time. He talks about there are clutch situations. There aren't necessarily clutch players. You know, you kind of, you know, when you look at it, when you zoom out a little bit, every, you know, good hitters hit well in clutch situations because they're good hitters. Uh, that's, that's, that's right. I mean, uh, there's, there's an example that I'll use right now, and it has nothing to do with Michael Saunders. Um, it's Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant plays for the Cubs. He could well be the most valuable player in the National League this year. He's also one of the, the the worst performing players in the clutch this year. Um, he's been terrible, like similar to Saunders, which is a completely different story compared to last year when Chris Bryant was the most clutch player in the National League. So, such that if you wanted to make a case for his, uh, you know, something that I like to do is uh, around this time of year when you talk about MVPs, you swap out their like batting runs earned with their like win probability runs. It's not necessarily like an apples for apples, apples but it really boosts Chris Bryant's chances last year because he was amazing this year. He's terrible. What's different? He's the same guy. He's a better hitter this year. It's just kind of the way it goes. So it's not it's not a criticism. I don't, and I, I think Sullivan went out of his way to say it. it's not a criticism of Michael Saunders. It's just the way that those things have sort of lined up. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right that he did go out of his way to say that. You're right, and he did reference specifically Chris Bryant in that piece. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that he did mention that. Uh, Saunders, you know, this isn't exactly, you know, it's new depths of, of uh, poor performance in high-leverage situations. Mm-hmm. It's never really been a, 
a big thing for him. But I, yeah, why the hell are we talking about this? It's it's like it drives me nuts, and it had for years. You know, the uh, people always you know sort of pick out a player that they don't particularly like or have some reason not to like them, and it's like, oh, there he is. Hitting a home run when they're already up four runs. Yeah. Can't believe it. You know, Vernon Wells, come on, you jerk face. Uh-huh. And obviously that's bullshit. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that was – that my dad used to be critical of. I don't know, it might have been George Bell or maybe Jesse Barfield. It's the kind of thing that uh, Alex Rodriguez heard for years and years. That he's the guy that hits you the home run. Uh, Mr. May. Yeah, Mr. May, or the guy that when it's 8-2, he's the guy that puts you up. Nine nine two or or bring yeah. it to within ten three or whatever it might be, um, but it, it just doesn't work out that way. There was another thing on Fangraphs today that reminded me of Michael Saunders, and it's that all left fielders are very bad. They look. Yeah, I saw that piece you linked. You linked to that as well. You tweeted that out. Yeah, because really bad. So they talked about how good second baseman has been this year with Jose Altuve. Or sorry, Jose Altuve leading the pack, but like Devin Travis, uh, who's been getting some love over there at Fangraphs recently. Um, because he's been great. Um, and, you know, he's kind of cooled off, so to, so to speak, a little bit, but he's still awesome. Uh, uh, but left fielders are so, so bad all around the league. They're so. It was like they're, they're the as a group, where they it was their weighted runs created plus or their weighted on base was less than center fielders mm-hmm. this year. Like, less than center fielders. I went to look at it, and I don't want to make too, draw too many um, conclusions on it, but if you look at even like defensive runs saved, it's actually on the increase, so it's like they're, they're you're seeing more. Maybe you're seeing more defensive-minded players or players who are you know kind of converted center fielders or whatever playing over there, um, which is odd. DRS is un, unlike you, you know ultimate zone rating UZR, which is always zero out, right? Because it's right. this league average, but but uh, DRS is a little bit different. So I wonder I wonder if there's anything to that. But fact of the matter is Michael Saunders is something of a luxury in that he's an offensive left fielder. Uh, who who's hitting you know above league average, doing better than a center fielder, better especially the one that plays beside him. Yeah, the, well, this year that's not all that difficult. But, mm-hmm. uh, though I did have some people this week when I was talking about you know uh, Justin Smoke, uh, Melvin Upton. I, I said you know clearly Justin Smoke, a better offensive player than Kevin Pillar, and some people mm-hmm. uh, found that a strange concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm, I mean, I'm just basically going by you know weighted runs created plus. I'm letting that do all the math for me. But but that, uh, which is so uh, which is somehow sometimes not you know well not reflective of everything. We can talk about this now. Then this, this is fine. This is a good segue. Uh, sure. Just you know as, as we've said since he arrived that BG, or Melvin Upton and Justin Smoke are very similar style players uh, at the plate in particular. They strike out a bunch. They'll draw some locks and hit the ball out of the ballpark from time to time. It's just that Upton offers more than that, right? Upton can play all three outfield positions, and he's a very nice, uh, very aggressive base runner, which is great. But So somebody asked me, like, you, can you see the Jays maybe giving Upton playing time over Pilar when Pilar's healthy? And I, and I don't think so. I mean, I think they're pretty similar players. You know, maybe Upton is a little bit better, but it's just a matter of they go about how they get to that point of league average or just below in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know... Upton is strikes strikes out a ton and uh, uh, you know hits a lot of home runs where Pilar doesn't strike out very much at all, doesn't ever walk ever, and he just brings at everything and then he'll go on one of those streaks where he'll get you know eight hits in a week because he hits the ball hard a bunch of times and gets the ball will fall in. Um, so I like 
that's the way that Pilar produces in that in the concept of that of the Blue Jays lineup, similar to how Ben Revere kind of gave them a bit of a different look last year. Um, because as we've seen, when the Jays were struggling a little bit in terms of the ability to score runs, and everyone was pulling their hair out and like jumping off of bridges, people hate strikeouts. They sure do. Like a lot. and and understandably so, I think. Right? Like, I mean, they're big and ugly and obvious, and uh, you know, no chance to be you know even get a productive out out of it. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's it's not as bad as. Uh, I think people seem to get because yeah they just cannot stand like at least put the bat on the ball come on you know and, and uh, that's a that is a flawed way to look at it as well I think I mean they're uh, they're successful hitters by doing the things that they do yes but I all, I'll say that having Smoke and Upton in the lineup at the same time when they're not firing on all cylinders is a problem it's painful to watch having that's for two sure. like thirty percent strikeout guys in there whiffing like crazy is like something that's it's tough to take. And when you mix in, you know, Russell Martin strike out a lot this year, uh, Michael Saunders strikes out like a ton, especially of late, uh, that starts to be makes it can make it difficult to put any kind of a rally together. Fortunately for the Blue Jays, they have a shitload of amazing hitters who, even though they do strike out, you'll see what Martin's been doing where he hits the ball um, to the other side of the when they're not allowed to catch it. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. And Tulewitzki does that, and Dalton does that, and Encarnacion does that, and Saunders does that, and Travis does that, where I think what we're seeing now is that the lineup is long, right? It's like they talk, you hear that a lot of people talk about lengthening the lineup, and that's exactly what the Blue Jays have going on right now, and that's what makes them so tough, because even if there are, if you get two guys on and then you strike two guys out, the next guy can still hit a home run, and then you're down 3 nothing. It's quite remarkable when they that they're able to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. The lineup is long. I mean, Russell Martin, Russell Martin looking like a completely different guy, you know, than he was in the first two months of the season. I think you go back to to the start of June and he looks like basically like 2014 Russell Martin. You know, if you look at his numbers, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy because it didn't really feel like that. It felt like it was more sort of gradual coming mm-hmm. coming to this point. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's been absolutely tremendous. And if he'd still been you know, there were the first couple of months of the year. I know the next thing was going on, but it's it, it's one of those things where hey, he's still on the field, he's still swinging the bat, uh, and just wasn't generating any power. But you could, it's hard to appreciate uh, how hurt a guy is when he's on when he's still on the field, and you can't really see too much uh, of of what it is that's ailing him. You're like, it just, it just is confounding. And why is this guy not? Uh, producing the way that we know he's capable of, and especially when you're looking at your mid-30s catcher who's signed for a ton of money for more years, mm-hmm. uh, you start to get a little bit worried, and, and now we're at the point where, you know, not only is he a guy you're hiding, he's not a guy you're hiding at the bottom of your lineup, he's a guy you're like, oh, Russell Martin's up, okay, this is this is a good thing now, you know, it's kind of returned to that, uh, which is huge, it's, a, it's one of those was many sort of things uh, about the Jays this year where it's like, well, where would they where would they be had that not turned around? You know, where would they be had you know Saunders not been ridiculous at the start of the year? Had Jason Grilly not suddenly stopped walking guys and been acquired for nothing? And you know, there's uh, I think down the line uh, there's stories like that. But of course, like you would you know are probably about to say, uh, there's also <laughs> a ton of really really good hitters uh, that are like that every day and are expected to be like that. And, uh, you know, Josh Donaldson and Edwin Encarnacion, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, that Troy Tulowitzki guy, 
Also him, yeah. Uh, he's pretty good, too. That's, yeah, there's another guy who, there were questions. There were questions, and, you know, but it looks like by the end, it, uh, it's going to all have come together the way uh, the way everybody would had wanted, you know. He has uh, soared past even, like, league average or what could reasonably be expected of him, where now he is, you know, he's, if you go, if you say he's a, uh, a um, arbitrary measure, like say May first, okay, sure. If you go back to May first, you look at Troy Tulowitzki's numbers; they're essentially his career numbers, like two eighty, three fifty, four ninety, or something crazy like that. That uh, he's that guy. He is. Uh, it's amazing. It's um. He plays a little bit of defense too. Actually, he does. He does. I think it's it's amazing because he, because he is Troy Lewis, because guys like you and I built him up so much. Right now, his season, he's five home runs behind the club record for home runs by a shortstop. His <laughs> OPS plus is one point behind the club record for a shortstop. And this is a guy that went O for April, and here he is coming close and presumably going to set a bunch of records for offensive production for a Blue Jays shortstop, which is, I mean, they haven't had, there's no, yeah. no Calvin <laughs> Jr. in there, but they no. have some, you know, Tony Fernandez was a great player for a long time. Uh, he, he sure was. Yeah. And, and Tony Bautista played for the Blue Jays at one point. Uh, he has the record he was, 26 home runs as a shortstop. Tony Bautista does. Mm-hmm. Does he also have the record at third base then as well? That's a good question. He may be. Yeah, he isn't he the guy with the record at third for home runs? I would have to yeah. assume that was Josh Donaldson. He had four last year. Yeah, I think I think Batista had more that one year. Oh, I I changed it to be qualified for the batting title, and um, and it has now removed Tony Batista. Such okay. Now it is. Yeah, no, Donaldson tied Batista with forty-one. Okay, there you go. There you go. But anyway, uh, it's a, you add all those things up and you get an amazing offense and a first place team because in the, you know, the Yankees broadcasters were talking about it the other night. They're like, yeah, their offense is really good and they have the highest, the best ERA in the American League and they are like third in terms of defense, which, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good team to me. <laughs> it's right, yeah, it's, uh, they're good, they're good, things are good. Things are good and yet there they are fighting in the dugout. The manager and the MVP going toe to toe had to be separated by the aforementioned Tulowitzki and Smoke and somebody else. So, what's up with that? Yeah, uh, that, well, that's Justin Smoke really earning his money right there. I think. Uh, no, I, obviously, there's nothing with that. They kind of laughed it off. Uh, I said on the on some radio hit today, you know, and I will say it again. You, you, you don't get to this level and not be competitive, or you don't get to Josh Donaldson's level and not be competitive. I think you could, you know, I don't know that the, <laughs> the competitive fires necessarily burn the same way in like in a Colby Rasmus, maybe, but uh, uh-huh. you know that's just that's just you know coasting on talent, or you know just to, to just to throw out a glib uh, assessment of, of Colby Rasmus with absolutely no nuance. But but no, I, I mean it was just a heat of the moment thing, I think. Uh, and to me, it would have been weirder if Gibbons didn't do anything if he just like sat there like disinterested at Donaldson smashing his bat nearly on his feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a little. It would have been odd for Gibbons to not respond to that. I think. 
maybe I'm wrong there, but yeah, I I took nothing out of it. Uh, it did, and you know, separated is. It, 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 you're right that they separated them, but it wasn't like really physically pulling them apart. It was just like, hey, Josh, let's not do this. There's you know, there's cameras everywhere. It's, let's maybe let's maybe think of what we're doing. Yeah. You know, the way you see with you know umpires and stuff, uh, it wasn't so much like punches were about to be thrown. You know, I mean, uh-huh. it was uh, it was pretty tame. It's a uh, it's a thing to talk about because there's not a whole lot else to talk about except how good they are. It's true, and I, I can't help but wonder if maybe that was given sort of being like, hey, you know what, we're winning, you know, we're in first place, we're up in the game, and maybe consider the uh, the situation a little bit before you start slamming your bat around. That's, that's kind of a bad look, right, when they when they start throwing their tantrums when the team's up. Yeah, that's true, too. So I don't know. Like, maybe that, that was something that I kind of speculated. Uh, like the same thing on, like, a radio hit. I was like, oh, maybe that's what they're, what they're yelling about. Um... Okay, so let's we'll move on from that because that's literally all there is to say. Yeah, they seem fine. It's fine. Things happen. You know, competitive folks. It's probably not good to throw your bat around like a bit of a lunatic, but whatever. Uh, so we team's good. They're in first place, but how can we make them better? And I think one way to make them better is <laughs> to acquire uh, Joey Votto, who you, who you needlessly and recklessly slandered on your Twitter feed. I, I, I can't believe you're saying those things about him. He's very good. Yeah. He is very really, good. really good, yeah. So I, I I think we can cut to the quick of it here and say, like, it would 32-year-old, about to play age 33 season, would he get 7, 178, or 179 on the open market this winter? Yeah, I would think so, I think right? so, too. I think there's no doubt that he'd get that. Unless, unless he's Edwin. He's not Edwin. I don't. I think he's better than Edwin. He's much better than Edwin. Yeah. He's one of the best hitters. Is he much better? I think he's better than Edwin. Edwin's pretty good. Edwin is. Pretty good. I just. I just don't think that Edwin's going to get that contract. Maybe it's those, just those extra years. You know, he's he's thirty. He's going to be thirty four next year. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's what makes the difference. I mean, like, what did Chris Davis get? And how old was Chris Davis? Like, that's. It's comparable to yeah. what uh, is left on the bottle contract and probably a similar age, maybe a, you know, a little bit younger, uh, but nothing like the track record that Votto has. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, so Edwin, is, Edwin will play next year at 34, as we've probably mentioned many, many times. So that's actually a little bit older than Chris Davis. Yeah. But, uh, so the, Edwin's a year older. Yeah, Edwin, Davis, this is his age 30 season, but... Yeah, so, okay, yeah. And he got 7-161. But, he, he, again, neither of those two guys have the track record of Joey Votto because nobody has the track record of Joey Votto. The number I, I pumped out, again, he hasn't declined yet, so that will come down. He's third in the last 50 years for weighted runs created plus among with guys with, with, I don't know, pick a number, 2,000, 4,000 plate appearances. Third. That's absurd. He's like a 160 or 150 weighted runs created plus for his career. Right, he's a guy that's been unhittable. You can't get him out for three months. He's so good, he makes Billy Hamilton look good. That's how good Joey, Joey Votto is right now. It's, it's insane. And yet, you know, I, I know there are other factors at play, but he comes up all the time because he's from Etobicoke. That's what kind of drives me nuts about it. Everybody's yeah. scheming. Everybody's scheming to get the the Canadian guy on the team. And I wrote this, you know, yesterday or today or whatever the hell I put that piece up. Uh, 
which is fine. It also just bugs me too that you know the media whispers Votto and, and off we go talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably that's probably the bigger thing. This doesn't, doesn't bother me that you know people want to cheer for the guy from their hometown. Mm-hmm. But but I, but it just it just is always always it's an easy thing. lever to pull. Yeah, and it's one, and I said this in the piece too. You know, it's one that this year maybe more than others with the Jays kind of. Looking maybe to flex some financial muscle, looking more like a big, you know, a, a big market team, or thinking more like a big market team than we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way the roster is constructed, the way that there's a hole at that position, the way that Edwin is uh, is going to be a free agent, uh, it probably is less of a pipe dream this year than it is uh, than it has been all the other damn times we've talked about. Hey, let's get Joey Votto here. That's perfect. Uh, which we also seem to do. Uh, Absent thinking about any other team in the league, as though if Votto actually became seriously available, there wouldn't be a bunch of teams that would be interested in Joey Votto, and, and the Blue Jays aren't just you know first in line because mm-hmm. this is where he happened to grow up. No, it's true, but but I mean all the all the pieces do fit, and and the Blue Jays fans are not unique in this. In that you know for how how long were. Um, Padres fans were convinced that they were going to get Cole Hamels, right? San Diego guy, and then finally he, you know, he walks away. Uh, it's it's just one of those things that that that's just sort of the way it works. And that, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, you you make a great point, which is if you don't think that like the Dodgers are going to be look, wouldn't be looking for a way to get Joey Votto in the mix with with uh, there's two years left on Adrian Gonzalez's deal, but they wouldn't just pay him to go away if they could get Joey Votto. Or Absolutely. whatever it might be, yeah. of course they would. I mentioned, I mentioned in the piece, you know, this winter, you know, Boston's going to have a hole at, uh, at DH unless uh, Edward Encarnacion goes there. Uh, so there, you know, there's a there's a team where if theoretically, and I, I also Votto himself has said he doesn't want to waive his no trade clause for anybody. I don't know it, it would be it would not be in his interest at all to say that he would mm-hmm. uh, publicly, but. Uh, but who knows if he even wants to move? Like he, he seems pretty happy being on the Reds. He's going to be there long enough that he can be a big part of the next good Reds team uh, if they ever, you know, get their shit together. Because uh, it's going to be a long time coming. <laughs> they're at the they're at the wrong ebb of that rebuild for uh, yeah. for Joey Votto to be hanging to those dreams. But no, once, once they hire Alex Anthopoulos, it's all going to change. Oh, he's going to run the, the Diamondbacks. <laughs> if, what a disaster! If they, are, they, are, if they oh continue to be the Diamondbacks after Keith Law uh, destroyed <laughs> them and left them dead today, which uh, if you haven't read it, if you have an ESPN Insider account, just head on over and, and watch uh, Keith Law just ether <laughs> the D-backs in a way that it's not like it's personal. It's just uh, the facts have a funny way of making the D-backs look like idiots, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The Joy Votto thing is never going to go away. I, no, you're right. Uh, especially now, you know, when with Russell Martin, the heroic, you know, conquering hero who returned. Uh, the minute that the Blue Jays gave him a fifth year, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take the yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's pretty good. That's it. Joey Votto's good. Yeah, Joey Votto, great. Great player. Uh, go, to, go to Cincinnati and watch him. Go to, yeah, don't go to Cincinnati. Go to Pittsburgh and watch. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better idea. That way you don't have to go to Cincinnati. I'm sure the park is nice. It looks like it's nice. I, and I, I was talking to some people over this last night. Uh, if you go across the river into Kentucky, uh, you can smoke uh, in the restaurant there. You can smoke in the bar. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sure I've, ta- I've told the story on the podcast before, but be this, you know, grabbing lunch on a, on a road trip to Austin on the other side of the river. And we we sat in this, you know, this bar, and it's just, it's just sort of slowly dawning. I'm like, what? Something is off here. Something is off about this place. What is it? What is what is different about this right now as we start, like, hacking up our lungs and then noticing, oh, there's an ashtray on this table. Oh, my God, there's a guy smoking over there <laughs> while we're ordering wings. Like, yeah, what a world. What a world. Uh, what a world. We can talk real quick about the Blue Jays' bit of a front office shakeup. Yes, they sure did. Any fired, who are, fired their, uh, what is it, the, the – National the, Amateur – Director of Amateur Scouting and National Cross Checker? That's the one. Brian Parker, uh, guy responsible for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he seems, seems to have done all right in the draft. I don't, you know, I don't know. Was he in charge of the? If he was in charge of 2010, 2011, he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, I think that was before his time, right? Was it was it Tinnish then, or was it someone even before that? Was he ever the amateur director of amateur scouting? Tinnish? Yeah. You know, there are people who would know stuff like this just off the, you know. The top of their heads, but no, I, uh, I, I couldn't. I could not give you the timeline. 2012 is what, uh, according to Gideon Turk's piece on BP Toronto, where he there said he go. was made the direct scout in 2012. Yeah, uh, he was. He was. A, it was a promotion. I think he's been around longer than that. I don't have anything substantial to say about this, other than the fact that you know, obviously, no, I don't know anything about these people or what they're, <laughs> they're scouts. They do scout stuff, and apparently they're yeah. well regarded. Uh, the Blue Jays have definitely have a strong tracker, stronger track record for player development than the big league roster would testify yeah. as their ability to take these players and turn them into highly paid uh, peak players, which is why they are where they are today. Um, you know, again, there has, the last position player that they, you know, drafted and developed and pushed to the big leagues would be Kevin Pillar, right? Probably yeah. like the most legitimate everyday player that they've, that, that, that's come out of their own system. Yeah, is, uh, before before that, it's like Adam Lind. Adam Lind, like, like Aaron Hill, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, but I mean, that that was the the they they did they went through a time where that was they had a lot of homegrown guys, Lind and Hill and Rios, Wells, and then they didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that seemed to be the philosophy. Became we can't outspend people, so we're going to have to use these these players that we developed to to trade, uh, which is obviously the thing with. Uh, with Anthopolis, and though there've been you know there've been pitchers as well, but position players has been, uh, yeah, it's been there's not been a lot. No, uh, but which is which is no. I mean, this is we're essentially talking about Parker. This has nothing to do with him. I mean, his drafts. Who knows what are going? What's going to come out of his drafts? Frankly, because mm-hmm. uh, they're they're so recent. I mean, I think 2012 is. He got hired in 2012. Was he even, was he responsible for that draft? He was a professional cross checker. Okay. And then at the uh, in the middle of the after the, after the basically 2012 after the draft. draft he was then promoted yeah up when I think that's when they may have promoted Tinnish if that's if he was in that job previous which I don't know I think that I believe that's what but anyway the point is they'll probably bring in their own guys so there might be a couple people from Cleveland or wherever that they would want to promote or they want to uh, you know offer a promotion that would allow that that person to move into a new role with the Blue Jays to to that I will say though that I remember when Andrew Miller got hired. Uh, sadly, the Jays didn't hire the good Andrew Miller. They hired the guy from Cleveland who, you know, <laughs> renovated their stadium, mm-hmm. upgraded their, uh, moved them to Arizona in the spring training. Uh, Shapiro said something about there was a limited 
number of people and a short window that he could, you know, uh, poach guys from his previous front office. So I don't know if that – I don't know if that's just, you know, top-level executives. I don't know if it goes to the, the point – you know, usually they don't stand aside if it's uh, – if it's uh, a promotion and not a lateral move, so maybe there's a way to, mm-hmm. to get around that. So I, I I have no idea what their plans are, but you know, uh, and, and and as much as yeah, maybe they will bring in Cleveland guys uh, just because it's people that they uh, you know they know. I I don't like perpetuating that myth because you know you had Gilkim coming out of the Rangers organization and the Pirates organization uh, before that. Uh, you know Agnes Mugford or whatever uh, was the IMG guy who's now their high performance guy. There, mm-hmm. there, have been, there have been hires that they've made that aren't necessarily from Cleveland. I think they, these guys are uh, are <laughs> know the industry and know the people in it and are not necessarily going to just look in their former backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, for these people. And then, uh, of course, I say that and they'll probably just hire someone. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's a point that you've made before and, and it has been made many times is that the that March Faro and the, the Blue Jays were an office in some way, rightly or wrongly, mostly wrongly, has a perception problem. Right? That we, mm-hmm. that everything that they that they do is perceived to have been, um, uh, you know, that's all they're doing. They're just trying to recreate the Cleveland franchise on the other side of these lakes. But, but that's not, not the case, but that's immediately that's the first thing that we went to. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. we both went to that thing like, well, they're going to somebody from Cleveland. It's true. That's funny. One of the one of the more interesting things, or you know, just something I never thought of it that way. Uh, I guess uh, was after the trade deadline, uh, Shapiro talking with Bob McCown about uh, about what happened and about where payroll is and all that stuff. Uh, was talking about just the process and going through with other GMs and and how the deals come about and said, you know, if we're talking about conversations with Brian Cashman, with Billy Bean, these guys have been talking to for 25 years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a deep knowledge of a lot of other teams and a lot of other people who have been around other teams and a lot of stuff that's going on. So, so yeah, the Cleveland thing is, uh, I, get, I get why they would go back to people who they've been success, successful with. Uh, I just don't, yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't put too much into it, especially when they're hiring a guy out of the Rangers system or out of uh, IMG Academy or wherever else they're you know, pulling guys from. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of front office, anything? Any... Oh, there was uh, the ticket thing. What? Oh, yeah, they're raising the ticket prices. Oh. <laughs> they did decide they want everybody's money uh, right away. The gall. Uh, yeah, well, it is. I, it's not. I mean, it's that's how, that's how that biz, this business operates now. Is it? Uh, it turns out, yeah, uh, and I, you know, I spoke to somebody who was saying that uh, I don't want to give the exact figures because I don't remember them, <laughs> but, but uh, it, it just the, the average, the ticket prices on average uh, aren't quite high enough to be competitive, uh, you know, in, in terms of how much that of that ends up going back into the team's budget, uh, and so this is sort of writing. Uh, a wrong of the previous regime, where there was a lot of money that was sort of left on the table, which which is easy to say when you forget that it's only been in the last like calendar year where they're actually you know reliably selling out the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're really sort of you know you probably couldn't have done this any sooner than they did, I guess. Uh, but I think there was, I think that was part of uh, of you know Rogers' frustration with the old regime. I think that's part of why Stephen Brooks isn't here. Uh, is that, you know, there was no mechanism in terms of, like, the way that they have the dynamic pricing set up this year, uh, that when the team got really popular last, uh, you know, last fall, last, uh, 
you know, August and September, uh, I think they left a lot of money on the table, basically, by not uh, having a mechanism to <laughs> to reap the rewards of their success. And uh, uh, and and I think this, you know, this year they changed that with the dynamic pricing. It looks like they're putting more measures in place uh, in order to reap the rewards, the rewards of their own success because, you know, that's, uh, I think that's a smart thing on their part. I don't think Rodgers is, uh, is going to hand things to them. So, you know, why the hell not uh, if, if people are willing to pay for it? I mean, it sucks if you're a regular fan. It sucks if you're somebody who's, you know, who's being asked to put down a huge payment for playoff tickets right now, even though, you know, a month's out, and and to you know get in, you know, the early bird prices for for next year's season tickets, you know, to get the best to get the best price on your season ticket renewal, uh-huh. to, to have to drop a ton of money there as well. I mean, it's uh, uh, that's tough, especially coming from where this team was, where it was pretty re- it was pretty affordable for a really long time, and so there I think are a lot of uh, customers of the Blue Jays uh, season ticket holders who. Uh, who aren't this ain't the Leafs, right? You know, it's just these are regular people who aren't <laughs> who have season tickets and aren't necessarily the corporations or the people, uh, you know, just with money flying around. I'm sure there's lots of that too, but uh, it just I think it maybe hits harder for uh, because of the way that the Blue Jays were for years, which was sort of a more uh, you know more mom and pop kind of a situation, really, uh, which I think the uh, the these things sort of courted a little bit, but also it was a necessity because that's just, you know, that's what the team was. Uh, so I, I understand on one hand, I know people sort of grumble about gouging and about about really dumping money into the, into this team and being asked to, to put up a lot of money. Uh, but hopefully, ideally, and the way it's supposed to work is that means that the the, the team is going to be uh, well lubricated financially, right? And that, that should be a good thing, right? <laughs> well lubricated, yes. Yeah, yeah. You can never, um, <laughs> you can never have enough uh, lubrication. I agree. When it comes to forty-five thousand people getting into um, tight space, I don't know what else yeah. to say. Uh, we could talk about people who are like, "Hey, the Blue Jays should trade for Ryan Howard." Um, Whoa! You would have to trade for Ryan Howard. He, uh, someone, uh, Matt Gelb, I believe, the, like a Phillies writer or former beat writer, is, yeah. has been dropping some micro splits on that ass, saying yeah. that uh, over the last 90 plate appearances, he's been not terrible. Um, wow. Although, um, on the balance, he's been terrible. <laughs> well, 90 plate appearances being not terrible is, is more than Justin Smoke can say for his last 90 plate appearances. That's true. He is has been an above average hitter once in the last four years. He's been below above replacement level once in the last four years. But uh, I don't think anyone really expects him to, you know, do stuff. It'd be nice to have right. a lefty that could hit the ball out of the ballpark, but it would be nice. He's got a come on, Ryan Howard's got to finish as a Philly. You take you take those empty cans. <laughs> they are your destiny. <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> It would be. I think it would take a lot because he's ten and five, and right, yeah. uh, got that uh, contract. Actually, the, well, the contract is almost done. He's got a well, it's a ten million dollar buyout. Jeez, man, what a what a piece of work that contract is. Oh <laughs> man, good yeah. for him. Yeah, good for hey, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they signed it, you know, two years before they had to. Uh, <laughs> 
Which, which case in point is going to be what uh, what Jose Batista's contract? You know, like people a year ago, like, oh man, they better extend Batista's. And maybe, maybe if you wait, you're going to do a little better for yourself. You're going to have some more knowledge that can uh, that can make you think better about. That was uh, me. That was me a year ago. You're ready to do it. But oh yeah, but um, honestly, time. well, if you reside if you reside both Batista and Encarnacion a year ago, mm-hmm. it's probably a wash anyway, right? <laughs> also, once you're overpaying Batista, you'll end up underpaying Edwin. We had said that. Um, well, if I remember how long ago it was when the Blue Jays signed Batista to his existing contract. Like, ah, why not wait? Why not wait another year until he's a free agent? So you don't, you know, make that do anything crazy. Like uh, signing him to a five-year deal when he's only good for one. <laughs> I I was definitely driving that truck. I was like, yeah, probably should trade this guy. He's at his highest. That was one of Parks' first things that he wrote on getting blank, and it made so <laughs> <crazy bad. laughs> Yep. I I don't doubt that he still hears about it. I I it's been a while, but I still get the odd the odd reference to that uh, to that hill that we chose to die on. It was we weren't alone on the top of that hill, Diane. No. Hey, but Alex had a feeling, man. He knew. He knew. Anyway, that's about it. I think that's it. I can give you a couple parting shots. You have a couple parting shots? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I mentioned this on Twitter, but I I missed the comeback in the rain delay game. I saw when the rain delay happened, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went and saw the Go-Go's at Massey Hall, Mm -hmm. uh, which I was like, is this show going to be any good? I don't don't even know. Like, my friend grabbed tickets and couldn't find people to go, and I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to do this. And then it was uh, immediately was like, holy shit, that first record of theirs is fucking amazing. Uh, They were great. It was really great, really good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, would would go to that show again and miss the stupid, incredible comeback. Uh, you would miss the coming back from six down six nothing to uh, to see the Go Go's. Yes, in twenty sixteen, year of our Lord. Belinda still looks good, man. I don't doubt that for us. <laughs> also, I'm old, uh, but also the party shot number two. Uh, I got. I'm in, I'm I'm at my parents' house, and there's a there's a globe here mm-hmm. that. Uh, that I bought at a garage sale. Uh, Germany is still unified. Let's see here. I'm trying to figure out what year it is because there's some weird ass countries uh, going on. Belgian Congo is still around mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. It's I don't even. There's some place north of north of South Africa. I don't even know what the hell that word is. Uh, it's I, I don't know. Looking at an old globe. You can, I, I could look at that. That's, that's you know a visual a visual thing is probably not a great parting shot to go to go out on, uh, but I need some like map people. I, so I, I'm, I, I'm curious when these territories change because what the hell is Germany doing in this one big ass country? So it's pre World War Two, but then there's is there is it like oh no oh wait I think Austria Hungary this Austria Hungary was definitely one country at one point. I, I can't tell them. This is riveting, riveting isn't stuff it, right now. Isn't it? Um, I want to say, well, my, my parting shot is, um, mm-hmm. if you want to believe something bad enough and you keep telling everyone around you that what you want to believe is the truth, you can almost always make it the truth. That's what I want to say. Uh, last week, I don't know if anybody noticed, um, 
that I had had too much to drink <laughs> when we recorded the podcast. I did. I noticed that it was, right away. It was fine. It was fine. And I came home and everything was fine. I did normal <laughs> home fine stuff. The next day when I woke up, it was like something uh, inside of me had changed forever, <laughs> such that I was walking down the street with my children, and I was violently ill on the street <laughs> when I was walking my kids to school. And I convinced myself, and hopefully some people around me, that there was something wrong with the beer that I had been drinking, <laughs> the volume of the beer that I had been drinking. Right. right. Um, and by the end of the day, I had myself convinced that it was true, and I was okay. It wasn't a problem, and I'm not like a complete shameful degenerate, uh, which is good, I think, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to sleep that night, but I slept instead like a baby. I was very tired after <laughs> being up. Yeah, that beer, that beer had me feeling weird, too, as, as did the fireball. See, that, I I think you skipped the fireball, skipped though. the fireball. I skipped everything. I didn't go anywhere near anything. So maybe, this is me already here again, reliving that moment and already here re-believing something that I know is probably not true. That that Even though I, I kept it clean, I kept it on the up and up, I'm the victim here. I think that's kind of what I'm going for. My wife, now her head, if she shakes it anymore, it's going to fall off of her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understandably so. But yeah, that's it. Believe the lie. And uh, one day you can be president of the United States of America, as long as you're not throwing up in planter boxes at Dundas and Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that's it. Thank you for listening uh, to the first. Uh, you know what we would love for this one? A little bit of feedback. How does it sound? Does it work okay with you and I not being in the same room? Obviously, the vibe isn't the same. But hit us with that feedback, and uh, we'll take it in, in, under consideration, and we'll always strive to make uh, it is what we do here. I don't know. We'll try to make it better. Always, right? Oh yeah, we'll we'll make it better. Yeah, it'll be like <laughs> it's only taken us seventy four episodes to get to the point of asking for feedback on sound quality. Yeah, but yeah, we've never asked for feedback. We've only asked for like reviews. Give us money. Give us this this time feedback and also money. <laughs> I'm a, I'm okay with that. Cool. All right, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.